1: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. And I gotta say, today's a great day. I'm sitting here with soaking wet hair. I just showered. I, I don't know. I just got up this morning, went out to get my coffee, went on a little walk, showered, sitting here, and it's not even 10 a.m. yet. And I'm already, you know, taking the day by the horns. Is that is that the the phrase or is it by the rains? I don't know. I'm really getting after it today super early and I just I don't know what it is. Well I know actually I do know what it is. First of all I don't have any window treatments so the sun just comes streaming in in the morning first thing you know because I don't know what a facing you know how the windows face a certain way and then there's like this light in the morning or this light in the afternoon. I could just never really get a hang on like what that exactly means but I have great morning light, great afternoon light great light at all times. I'm very happy about that, as you guys know. Um, If you know me at all, you know how I'm such a sucker for natural light. But first thing in the morning, it like is just streaming in right on my face. And on normal days, like that's fine. You know, if I'm hungover, maybe one of these days, it's not going to be so fine. But I'm really happy about just the overall feeling that I get when I wake up in this apartment. It just really feels right. Um, So I woke up this morning super early. When the sun was up, I was up, you know the drill, I was out the door getting coffee. I go to this one coffee shop, not extremely close to me, but I like to get a little walk in, you know, earn my coffee, you know, in the morning. And I walked in this morning and the guys in there, they are the funniest guys. They're always there in the morning. I think they do the morning shift together on purpose because they are just so silly with each other. Like it's so funny. I feel like they could have their own like TV show based on their relationship. They're so funny. I I'm very much, like, I, I like being a regular places. I mean, who doesn't? And I like going to the same place and having people remember me. Like, it's just, I don't know, something special about it you feel. Especially living alone, it's nice to have people that know you, kind of, in a way. Like, even if they don't actually ever, maybe probably will never know me. So, I always go and visit my two best friends at this coffee place that I just met a week ago. And got my iced coffee. I've switched over to iced coffee. It's now getting to that time in New York City where it's getting to be warm, It's definitely still jacket weather, but I wore a trench coat yesterday and felt fine walking through Soho in a trench coat. We're no longer needing the parkas and all that, so now I am back in my humble abode, ready to podcast for you guys. Have such a great podcast episode for you all today. I'm going to tell a little story, read you guys a letter, actually, which is really interesting. A letter about love, because, you know, spring is upon us, love is in the air. Whether we want it to be or not, it's in the air. People are, you know, cuffing season... Is over. Now people are out on the prowl, especially because the pandemic is, you know, getting to a point where it's manageable to leave the house. Um, so anyway, that's what we're gonna talk about today. I also have a little QA I'm gonna do at the end, I think, of I a few questions I want to answer. Just some frequently asked stuff you guys have been asking me ever since moving. So we're gonna do that. But first, before I get into any of that, I want to announce something, something very exciting. So today, as you guys are listening to this episode, today is the launch day for a new line of products that I created. You guys know, um, it's been a goal of mine for a while to continuously put out drops of products that I designed. I'm a graphic designer, as you all probably know by now because I don't shut up about it. (laughs) It's a passion of mine. And so this time around, you know, we did the drop one. We did glassware, we did journals, um, and that was really special. And I definitely will do more glassware and journals in the future. But I want to just keep diversifying, spicing things up, seeing what you guys are interested in. Um, because ultimately that is important to me. Like I create this stuff because I want it for myself also, but what you guys think is important to me too. So this time around, I made something that I feel like will be super helpful for people as they are planning out their lives, especially now that you know, we're getting over the hump of people feeling super unmotivated, nonproductive. The the weather is getting nicer, people are starting to feel like they can take on the day again, and you know, if you don't feel that way, don't worry. Like I feel like there definitely is still, for me, a dose of insecurity and a lack of knowing what's next, like that sort of feeling, the fear, like I talked about in last week's episode. But even still, we're getting to a point where people wanna feel organized, they wanna feel motivated. And so I created these planner sheets. They're called The Daily and The Weekly. If you guys look on Instagram, you can see a visual representation of what they look like. I'll actually also link my my store in the uh, show notes of this episode so you guys can go over there and check it out i'm not sure when this episode will be live in the morning on thursday but as of 9 a.m pst which isn't even standard anymore isn't it because of daily savings so anyway 9 9 a.m pacific noon eastern yes that's right that is when the planner sheets will launch so i feel like at this point you know, episodes have been going up in the morning, so you probably have a few hours until they're live. If you want to get your hands on them, I'm not sure how quickly they'll go or if people will even like them, of course, because I have that fear of like, you know, no one no one cares. But anyway, these planner sheets have saved my life. I've had them for a bit now because I'm, I've been using the samples that I was given that were approved and now, yeah, they're going to be the same ones you'll get in your hands as well. I've done a lot to, you know, perfect these over the past few months. I actually, the, the first render, the first... Uh, draft of these was created by me last, I guess, probably April or so of last year. So it was a while ago. Um, it's been almost a year that I've been working on these, fine-tuning them, getting them ready, um, which if you look at them, you're going to be like, Katie, this is so simple. But, you know, I, I really am a perfectionist, <laughs> which, I mean, I definitely have had to let go a bit. And, and I, you know, I said this quote, I think, in a past episode. It's like, sometimes done is better than perfect, and so in this instance, I just decided, okay, this is this is it. We're going to put these out. I can always make better ones later if I'm like, you know, because I want to hear the feedback from you guys. You guys always think of things that I've never thought of when it comes to this stuff. But basically, they're planner sheets. One of them is, like I said, the daily, the weekly. So one of them is, you know, a weekly planner where you see all the days at a glance. And then the daily is more so for everyday use and you'll use a sheet a day, you know. And the, the great part about these is they aren't double-sided which I like. on. I did that on purpose because I love this paper. It's a really nice grade of paper. So, you know, what I'll do is after I'm done using like the daily, for example, I'll flip it over and I'll, you know, be sketching things for my designs or just... I love just having like paper and pen on hand. Like I know... It's, you know, some people prefer digital stuff and I definitely love my digital sketching and drawing and doodling and all the things, but there's just something about a pen and paper, like just getting a piece of paper and writing with a really nice pen, preferably Pilot G2 pens. Those are my favorite pens and they are the most elite pens, I will tell you. Pilot G2. They have varying thicknesses. Um, But anyway, (laughs) I digress. So I've loved just having a sheet of paper in front of me at all times to just to jot things down. And I have a folder where I keep all my notes and someday I'll look back on them and be like, wow, I was up to this on this day. Crazy. Anyway, I'm weird like that. You guys know I love saving everything. So anyway, I digress. The daily, the weekly, um, both under $20, I believe. Yeah, I think that's where we landed. Um, And so it's you know there, there's plenty of pages in here for you to really you know use it for a while, but if you want to stock up, definitely do that. I'm not sure when when and if we'll restock. so whoa so I'm just slammed the door in my hallway. I'm not sure when slash if we will restock. so keep that in mind. um but yeah, they will be linked in the show notes. I'm very happy with these. Like everything down to the fonts to the thickness of the lines like was super like methodically chosen by me. So definitely check them out. Okay. That's enough of like my, (laughs) my subtle, but not so subtle plug to my store, but check them out. I've been using them for a while and I love them. Okay. So anyway, I want to introduce a new little series on thick and thin that, you know, I've kind of done things like this in the past, but they didn't really have a name. And so I want to name this series little good things. So what does that mean exactly? Scraps of things, basically scraps of little stories, letters, just little nuggets from the past and the present. Things that I've read and really stopped and thought, okay, that's something. <laughs> like that's something, that's something that I want to share, but it's, it's pretty small. Like usually I tell a kind of long winded stories on here, but sometimes when I find like a little fragment or scrap of something, I don't feel like it needs more. Like, of course it needs me to comment on it and talk about it and, you know, break it down, but it's just a little good thing, right? So it's kind of like walking into a, a, I don't know, a cluttered antique shop. I've been really exploring the antique stores around New York because I'm looking for just very, those gems that have like a story to them to put in my apartment. So it's kind of like walking around a cluttered antique store and finding a few little gems, you know, none of them match, but they all end up in your cart. And so that's kind of what I want to do with this new little series. So just you know, mismatched, interesting little tidbits and tales that will entertain you in some way. And so this past week, uh, one of the little good things I want to talk about, I learned a little bit about John Steinbeck, who is a writer. You probably know him from English class. You probably hate him from English class because, <laughs> I mean, not that these books are bad. These books are amazing. They're gems from history. But I do recall reading The Grapes of Wrath. Of Mice and Men, East of Eden, specifically The Grapes of Wrath, I had a horrible English teacher that was just such a prick. Like, I'm sorry to say that, but sh- oh my gosh, not going to say her name on here so you don't have to look. What's that website where you can like rate teachers? Don't look her up on there. But <laughs> anyway, so I read his books um, in high school and he was a super controversial guy. He was known by many people as a flawed genius. I definitely don't support a lot of the things that he said, you know, the way he was, but he was an angry man, but one of those total geniuses that is too smart for his own good. And he had a, a challenging time in his youth. He was poor for much of his life. Um, not so much his early life, but his, his adult or on his own life. And, you know, despite his flaws, he saw so much wrong with the world and he wrote all about it. He was very quick to comment on injustice, on poverty but also how much he hated book reviewers, his second wife, etc. He was one of those, you know, classic writers that was like married a bunch of times, really struggled with his mental health, among other things. But, you know, you can't doubt that when you read his work, this guy was bright. The way he wove together sentences in his books and in his private letters, which I actually got a, um, a copy of, what's it called? I actually have it right here. It's called A Life in Letters. And it's just a compilation of all of the letters that Steinbeck has ever written. One of which was a letter that he wrote to his son, which I'll tell you guys about in a minute. I actually posted something about Steinbeck on my story a few days ago on Instagram. And one of you guys was like, oh my gosh, are you going to talk about his letter to his son? My husband actually read the letter at our wedding so it's really really interesting stay tuned for that um, before I get into that letter though I want to talk a bit more about his life because Steinbeck had some interesting <laughs> some interesting um, like I don't want to say like fetishes just weird obsessions and just moments in his life that were super interesting so I'm not gonna go into a deep dive of his life but just a few noteworthy things so like I said controversial guy flawed genius um To further bolster the point that he was an interesting guy, though, Steinbeck actually enrolled at Stanford to study English when he was only 17 with a desire to take this very random class outside of his major. I want you to think, like, what is a very random class for an English major to take? Like, what's the most random thing you can think of? That class, you won't guess it, Corpse Dissection 101, which honestly, I guess if you think about writers, sometimes they need to know things about dead bodies and you know for murder mysteries and things like that I don't know but this is the reason why he wanted to take this class also I made up that title it's not corpse dissection 101 but like whatever the class was involved corpse dissection so he actually had to like reach out to the medical school dean to say like he had to like request permission to be in the class basically because it was outside of his major and when he was explaining to the dean why he wanted to take the class, he said, quote, I want to learn about human beings. And unsurprisingly, his application to the class was rejected. But uh, that's one thing that was interesting about him. Also, he had this very weird, very peculiar fondness for pencils. Like, yes, pencils, the, the writing device. He actually blew through about 60 pencils per day. And he was also very particular about which kind of pencils he liked. Very interesting. Um so anyway, after he left Stanford, he left without graduating actually. He bopped around doing very odd random jobs. He worked as a farmhand, a painter's apprentice, and then like many of us, he actually decided to move to New York in the 1920s, which I've done a lot of different episodes on New York in the 20s. But when he was in New York, he worked in construction. He was pushing around wheelbarrows heavy with hundreds of hundreds of pounds of cement. And he actually worked on the construction of Madison Square Garden, if you guys are familiar. And it said that he actually wrote bits and pieces of his first novel, Cup of Gold, during breaks on the job.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day
1: at Saks.com. A pretty defining moment. Six weeks into his job in construction on Madison Square Garden, a co-worker of his actually fell to a very gruesome, bloody death right near where he was working, and he just watched in horror. Um, It's said that he threw up and then quit his job that night. So I want to read the letter that he wrote to his son. It's about love. And like I said, you know, love is in the air. We're in springtime now, especially in New York. Like I just walk around here and I'm like, wow, I, I'm i in love with this city. I'm in love with life right now. I just feel such an optimistic point of view right now. And maybe that could also translate to my romantic life. Who knows? It's been a hot second since I've had a crush and I think it's time we all have some crushes, all right? Am I right, everyone? I think we should manifest this for ourselves. Anyway, so Steinbeck had a son. He had two children, pretty positive, with his one of his wives, Elaine. And so November 10th, 1958, he was writing back to his son. So his son had written him a letter about this girl that he had a crush on. Um, and so he was basically asking his dad, like, what do I do about this crush? Like, I, he was in school and he was like, I don't know what to do about it. And like I said, Steinbeck, kind of problematic, weird guy, but he had a really amazing response. And like I said, one of you guys, one of you listeners out there, um, your husband read this at your wedding, like good Lord, oh my God, goals. Okay. So let's read it. Dear Tom, we had your letter this morning. I will answer it from my point of view. And of course, Elaine will from hers. So Elaine is his ex-wife slash the son's mother. First, if you were in love, that's a good thing. That's about the best thing that can happen to anyone. Don't let anyone make it small or light to you. Second, there are several kinds of love. One is a selfish, mean, grasping, egotistical thing which uses love for self-importance. This is the ugly and crippling kind. The other is an outpouring of everything good in you, of kindness and consideration and respect. Not only the social respect of manners, but the greater respect, which is recognition of another person as unique and valuable. The first kind can make you sick and small and weak, but the second can release in you strength and courage and goodness and even wisdom that you didn't know you had. You say that this is not poppy love. If you feel so deeply, of course it isn't poppy love, but I don't think you are asking me what you feel. You know better than anyone. What you wanted me to help you with is what to do about it and that I can tell you. Glory in it for one thing and be very glad and grateful for it. The object of love is the best and most beautiful. Try to live up to it. If you love someone, there is no possible harm in saying so. Only you must remember that some people are very shy and sometimes the saying must take that shyness into consideration. Girls have a way of knowing or feeling what you feel, but they usually like to hear it also. It sometimes happens that what you feel is not returned for one reason or another, but that does not make your feeling less valuable and good. Lastly, I know your feeling because I have it, and I'm glad that you have it. We will be glad to meet Susan. She will be very welcome. Susan is the girl that uh, the son has a crush on. But Elaine will make all such arrangements because that is her province, and she'll be very glad to. She knows about love too, and maybe she can give you more help than I can. And don't worry about losing, if it's right, it happens the main thing is not to hurry nothing good gets away love fa fa like i guess it's a slang for father i don't know so i'm going to repeat a few sections from that and we're going to talk about it because i feel like i'm very good at sensing people around me like and you guys included like just any person that like is close or not even close to me i can kind of sense a general like gist of how people are feeling especially from social media, it makes it easy to see that. And I, I'm definitely one of those people that can, that reads people, maybe not well, but I, I do, I try. <laughs> and I just feel like there's a general consensus right now. I mean, I've been receiving a lot of DMs from you guys, just very heartbroken, love sick, like all these sorts of things or like, I have a crush and I don't know what to do about it. So it, it feels to me very relevant. And I just felt very compelled to read this to you guys. And maybe, you know, someone out there will be like, oh, you know, yeah, that makes sense for me in my position. Going back to the top of the letter, you know, he says that there's two different kinds of love. You know, first, there's one that's very selfish, mean, egotistical, something that, you know, you're with someone for an ego boost or something like that, and it's ugly and crippling. But then there's another kind that releases something in you, like he says, strength, courage, goodness, wisdom, all of those things. And I, I feel that, you know, you know there's a difference between love that makes you feel better because the whole point of love and this can be romantic love guys this could be a friendship love this could be you know love is in so many different forms this could also go for the people you just surround yourself with in a friendship sense the first kind of love can be draining the second kind can release something in you and make you better the reason why you surround yourself with people that you love the reason why you seek love shouldn't just be to make you feel like you've done it or you've like checked a box it should also make you feel you know that you have this this strength like like Steinbeck says but also just this motivation because when people that you love believe in you right they choose you it makes you feel i mean of course there's there's it's different person to person but for me like when i felt love from friends from a significant other of sorts from my family like it just it gives you faith in what you are doing it, it makes you step with greater purpose you know walk with a greater purpose of in life like metaphorically physically emotionally you just feel this purpose because there's people that believe in you and it's tough when you're going at it alone. Of course, that you you know you have yourself and yourself, you and having faith in yourself is the most important thing. The most important person to have faith in, someone is you and yourself. But you know anyone that says that they don't feel motivated when they're in love, um, I don't think they're in the right kind of love. You know, and so that was really important to me. And as we go into this new season, quite literally of spring, but also of the pandemic coming to an end, hopefully, and Us just having this renewed sense of going out into the world and and making something of ourselves and doing things that feel right to us and just being happy. Like it's important to remember that there, you know, there are two different kinds of love. One that's very limiting, one that really holds you back and makes you sad, and the other that really motivates you. And so he also says later on in the letter, and don't worry about losing. This is the best part. Don't worry about losing. If it is right, it happens. The main thing is not to hurry. Nothing good gets away. Which I feel like some people will say, well, (laughs) some people have gotten away from me, you know. But I guess that kind of goes to show that it wasn't good, like ultimate good. My biggest mantra when it comes to this stuff is, if they wanted to, they would. Like if they want to reach out, they will. If they want to be with you, They will. There's been so many stories of just the lengths that people will go through, or go to, rather, to be with someone. And so, don't think that you are not special enough to have someone do the same. If they wanted to, they would. And also, you know, it. You shouldn't have to beg people to stay in your life. You shouldn't have to beg people to do the bare minimum. Okay? Like we sometimes forget that having someone text us back or like, I don't know, comment on our Instagram, view our Instagram story, like all the modern ways that people flirt, it's so funny. That is the bare minimum, guys. Like that is the bare minimum. Actions in like real interactions of like going places, doing things, expressing yourself in a very raw way. Like those things are more telling than a like on social media or a text. Those other things, those are, that's the bare minimum. And we elevate the bare minimum. Like, oh, like he liked my Instagram or whatever. Bare minimum, guys. Bare minimum. The main thing is not to hurry. Nothing good gets away. That was the... (laughs) Little good thing of this week that I read. And I was like, wow, you know, when I heard someone literally read this at their wedding, I'm like, maybe I should uh, tuck this in my back pocket for when I get married or my sister gets married. I have this weird feeling like my sister is going to get married before me. Like I can't even put a finger on like why I feel this way, but I just feel this way. I have this weird feeling about it. Um, Wait, something else I do want to share though from Steinbeck, um, you know, like I said, I was reading this book of his letters and he wrote some really crazy letters. Like they make me want to write my friends letters. (laughs) Like I guess every text message that we send is technically it's a correspondence, it's a letter. So later on we'll like look at these, you know, but sometimes like I think my text messages automatically delete after 30 days. Like maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know, but I digress. So something else that he said, he said when he was asked for his quote rules of life, a friend of his in Vietnam asked him, "Steinbeck, what are your rules for life?" He said, "His four mottos are as follows: Never make excuses." Never let them see you bleed. Never get separated from your luggage. Always find out when the bar opens. (laughs) That in a nutshell is John Steinbeck. So anyway, that was my little good thing for the week. I do want to finish up this episode with some questions and answers. Just some things you guys have asked me. Just kind of go into a bit more detail about my personal life right now because I have kind of struggled in the past year with finding a balance on the podcast of talking about cool people, cool stories and then also like myself because honestly I went through a little you know rough patch back there and I just felt like nothing in my life was extremely notable like I didn't really feel like I wanted to share but now I'm feeling very happy and motivated and excited about the future so I am feeling ready to open up more. So anyway let's answer some questions shall we? All right. So the questions I'm gonna answer, they're kind of all over the place. I'm just trying to answer the ones that I feel like are most important. Like most people out there will take something from. So, first one: Do you ever feel alone or unwanted amongst your group of friends? The answer is yes. Um, and I want this to be clear. It's it's one of those things where it doesn't matter. Sometimes you can have the best friends ever that always make you feel so included and loved and whatever. It's really sometimes, I won't say always, but a lot of the times it's more so, it's not them, it's, it's me, you know? I have a lack of confidence in my friendships sometimes due to just remembering a time in my life where I didn't have friends. I didn't have solid friendships. It's like a trauma response to push people away and feel like you aren't loved when you are because it's almost like the you know, muscle memory of remembering what it felt like maybe when you were young and didn't have any friends in middle school or things like that. That's at least personally how I feel. So yes, all the time I feel like this weird sense of like, my friends are getting sick of me or, you know, my friends are, I don't know, two of them could just like hang out after work or something. And I'm like, wait, why wasn't I invited? Like, do they hate me now? And it's, it's always like one of those things where it's like a fleeting thought that just like hits me. And then I quickly like batted away like it's like a bug, you know, swarming my head. I'm like, I just, I can't have those thoughts. I can't entertain those things. I used to just dwell in those thoughts way too much, like especially in college, I would let it really get to me. But in more recent times, I've realized that it's it's really just a trauma response. And going to therapy has really helped me see it this way and know that, you know, sometimes it's, or most of the time, basically 99% of the time, it's all in my head and, it probably is in yours as well, I have to say. I mean, if it's consistent though that you feel unwanted by your friends, like if it's if it's something where you can definitely pinpoint that they are not, like I feel like you know when it's something that's in your head or when it's not. If you consistently, like a lot of the time, feel unwanted, feel unloved by the people you're surrounding yourself with, I think it's time to explore some new friends, maybe some coworkers or people with similar interests to you or something like that. And it doesn't mean that you should cut out every person that makes you feel, you know, unwanted. Cause, like I said, a lot of times it is in your head and you are just looking for something. Cause, like, I mean, it's, I'm probably gonna butcher this whole explanation, but sometimes your brain looks for threats when there aren't any. It's the same way why, I mean, I was watching Sex in the City the other night and there's those episodes where Carrie, um, when she first starts going out with Aiden, she wakes up like in a panic in the middle of the night and it's, she can't figure out why she keeps doing it and it's because there was nothing wrong and so her body was used to there always being something wrong with her relationship or with her life or whatever and so she just, her body was like craving something to be wrong, you know, and inventing problems and so I feel like sometimes when you're just so, so happy or, you know, doing great in your career or something, your brain is looking for ways to protect you and, to make you have your head on a swivel and worry. I think that's what happens to me at least with these situations. But if you're feeling unwanted and unloved, you are the only person that are you know that's in your way in that sense like you need to break yourself out of that bubble and find where you're wanted. So, okay, that is the answer to that. I'm going to answer a bunch of these questions on Instagram as well because I feel like I could go all day with all these questions. Someone asked, "Do you feel settled in your new place?" I definitely feel I don't feel like I think settled is a weird <laughs> way to say it when you've only been here a week because I definitely don't feel fully settled like I don't have furniture really still I'm like still waiting on a bunch of stuff I think once I have a couch and a tv I'll feel settled I definitely feel motivated and happy here though I feel excited to wake up and excited to see where I'll be in a few months and I know that I'm back where I'm supposed to be so I guess I don't really feel maybe settled but I feel at at peace, at home. I feel at home. That's a good way to put it. I feel at home here. And so I'm loving it. Um, people are, a lot of you guys are asking, like, how are you feeling really? Like, how are you, you know, um, I feel amazing. Like I, I feel like almost kind of guilty sometimes about how happy I am right now. Um, and it definitely wasn't an easy battle to get here, but it, it is nice when you look back and you think about the hard times and think about how you got over that, you know? It's it's like when you bike up a hill and you look back behind you and you're like, whoa, I went up that. Like, I can't believe I made it up that. Like, when it when it was happening, I hated my life, but you look back and you're like, whoa, I really have come far. So that's kind of how I feel right now. Someone's asking, okay, TMI, but what is your hair removal routine? i been seeing a lot of my other you know, YouTuber friends talk about this a lot. Um, and I love that everyone's being super candid about these things. Like hair has been a big part of my life because I am super Italian. I have fair – I'm Irish and Italian and German, mostly Italian, like probably 75% Italian because my dad is like 100% and then my mom is like a mix of a bunch of things. And so I get – I have this like more Irish uh, complexion. Like I burn easily and I have like some fair skin and then I have dark hair. So every little, you know, hairy spot on my body just pops, you know. Um, And so I don't do laser hair removal. A bunch of my friends do. I've just gotten to the point where I'm like I am comfortable because I know it's so normal to have hair. Um, But that being said, I also do things to make me feel that way. So um, I actually started – I think I talked about this in a podcast at some point. I started shaving my arms when I was – In Italy, when was that? I guess I was a junior in college. So it's been about, I'd say, one, two, five years now that I have been shaving my arms and I have not looked back. I know people say, like, once you start, you can't stop. And perhaps that's true. um, But, like, I don't intend on stopping. So I don't know. I, I shower probably every two days to three days, like, in terms of, like, do the whole thing, like, my hair and everything. And so I shave my arms every few days and I've never had an issue with them being like super prickly or anything like I don't know it just makes me more confident that way and I think the reason why I was just I need to shave my arms was because I was just sitting at my computer staring at them all day and it just like made me it was just I don't know it wasn't even like a I care what people think sort of thing it was more so just like a comfort thing like I just feel cleaner when they're hairless. So maybe I'll consider doing laser at some point. Um but I don't find it to be a chore to shave them, so I I don't know. That's just me. But the rest of me like my bikini line and all that stuff, like it's definitely hard having dark hair and you know, I like dark even like hair follicles I feel like, so like even after I shave like I still have dark spots, I have razor bumps and the whole thing, but I've never had someone, I mean, like in a romantic intimate sense or just in any way, like I've never had anyone be like, "Oh my gosh, like you have razor bumps like and no one really thinks about it that much like if I see just personally like a you know one of my friends or like a beautiful person just random person that I was like oh I like your bathing suit or something and they have razor bumps I'm not going to be like oh they're less beautiful because they have razor bumps you know it's a normal thing and I guess it isn't extremely you know human beings are are supposed to have hair there technically you know like in terms of like an evolutionary standpoint and protecting from germs and things like that so like shaving isn't natural so to speak like it isn't something that you know we need to do and so the fact that our bodies are you know getting things like razor bumps and whatever is just because we're supposed to have hair there I don't know so obviously personal preference what you want to do I shave um but you can wax you can laser I'm just a baby when it comes to pain so I hate waxing unless I like I'm going on a trip or something um but yeah yeah, I guess in hair on my face, I also have hair on my face. I use Nair for my upper lip. I pluck a lot, pluck my like eyebrows, but I like them being a bit bushier and fuller and not so perfect. So yeah, that in a nutshell is all my hair. <laughs> not so TMI. I think it's just normal. Okay, another question, romantic related. Um, do you ever feel like people judge you because you're single? If so, how do you deal? I definitely think that people judge me especially on the internet because I talk about romance and I talk about dating and things and I feel like people are like well if you're going to talk about this why aren't you in a relationship like it just doesn't make sense slash like maybe you're not cut out to talk about this stuff because you're not in a relationship whatever you know I have opinions about that I feel like I disagree because there also is a lot that you guys don't see and don't know about my dating life that I just have not shared. Because there's always things, you know, people can be super open on the internet and there's still the things that we don't share because it just doesn't, you know, if it doesn't make sense to share, we don't share, whatever. Um, But in terms of like people, maybe my personal life, my relatives, things like that, just people I know, IRL, like them judging me, my whole philosophy on, on judgment. Usually when people judge you, it's because they are projecting some hurt part of them onto you and so it really a lot of times when people judge you when people poke and prod and make fun of you and all the things it really truly is not you it is them and so I always remind myself of that like if someone is judging me maybe that is in a relationship and is like Katie's single like whatever judging me maybe who knows um usually it's because maybe they're unhappy in their relationship or they wish they were single or they are only in their relationship because of like You know, like Steinbeck was talking about, the first kind of love that is very egotistical, very like self-serving, like just doing it just to do it, like that sort of love. Like maybe that's how they are and they are jealous of me in a way or they just don't understand how I could seek something different than them, you know? And, And a lot of times it isn't even jealousy. It is just a lack of understanding. It's a lack of empathy I think empathy is huge, a huge lack in our society, a lot of people, because you don't have to be empathetic to survive here in this world. You don't have to be empathetic, but it helps you a great deal, I promise you. So maybe people do judge me. I don't feel like a huge judgment from people in my personal life. It's mainly people on the internet that I do feel judgment from. And I just always have to remind myself that people are going through a lot more than you will ever think or know that they are. I just ignore some things like that, like when people are are critical in that way, because I know my truth and I know that, you know, there have been opportunities maybe that I didn't want to take to be in a relationship because I just didn't, you know, when it happens for me, I will know so wholeheartedly that it's right. And that is when I'll share it with you guys. Like, I don't want to share things that are kind of half-baked, you know, just personally. So. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What are some of your goals for the rest of the year? So a bunch of different random things. um, But one of which I do want to talk about on here is just getting my body moving in a consistent way. Like I don't need to like necessarily lose weight. Like that's not my goal. I'm coming to terms with like being happy with my body in the way that it looks. But I want to feel more confident in my strength, in Climbing stairs and not feeling winded, like things like that. Just, I want to feel stronger. I want to feel more capable physically. Um, and not scared of like lifting a box off the ground, things like that. So I'm actually working with a friend of mine. Her name is Jane Simmons. She is a personal trainer. She's currently an Equinox trainer that, and she's, um you know, has like her own program as well, things like that. So we're going to work together. We've been friends on the internet for a, a bit now. We're going to work together in a personal training gym soon. I'm going to do three days a week, which is going to kick my butt, get ready to hear me complaining about how sore I am for like the end of eternity. Um, but I'm really excited to have goals in fitness that aren't weight loss. I feel like that is where a lot of people get tripped up and it starts to become, I mean, it can be totally healthy to lose weight. Don't get me wrong, but I think, uh, just in personal situations like I have in the past when I've focused on, on working out, it's only been, you know, tied to weight loss and I want there to be different goals for me this time around. I want to focus There's so much honking this morning. I'm sorry if you hear that. It's just so classic New York. But I really want to focus on strength building. I want to focus on just feeling more confident in my stamina, being able to walk and run and things like that. So we're going to do that together and I will definitely keep you guys updated. Like I said, I'm probably going to be complaining about how sore I am forever and ever and ever. Um, But those are some of my goals, I guess. Just feeling stronger, fitness goals, things like that. Um, I also want to try to eat better, but that's a whole other thing. okay someone's asking me my New York go-to perfume I got this really amazing perfume from Charlotte Tilbury it's called it's a uh, oh gosh what's it called something dream if you just type in dream Charlotte Tilbury it's amazing scent so that's definitely been my New York scent of the moment someone asked which sex in the city character are you I've talked about this before I think my answer always changes but I used to very much be a Carrie but I think I've evolved into being more of a Samantha mix with Miranda in my adult life. All right, guys. That is it for my little Q&A for this episode. A random hodgepodge of things. But I hope you guys enjoyed it as per usual. Thick and Thin is really all over the place. And that is why we love it, right? That is why we love it. That's why we, why we tune in. and That's why I do it because it's just a nice little hodgepodge of the things that are on my mind and on my heart. And so hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the pod. Like I said in the beginning, definitely check out my planner pads. katiebelottidesigns.net is where you can find them. I'll have it linked in the show notes of the episode if you guys want to check it out and get yourself some planner pads, get yourself on track for the rest of this year. And thanks for listening, guys. I will talk to you guys all in my next episode next Thursday. Bye. Mm -hmm.